I thank God for his mercies that he has given me journey in mercies to be here this morning. I set out from Horn Lake and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, it's all in your hands. The weather is not too nice. And, um, but I know you're controlling things. And if it be your will for me to be the SF, it's going to be like that. And I'm here and I'm thankful to God for the privilege to stand behind this pulpit once more to share with you all the word of God, the message that the Lord has laid upon my heart. And not just to share the word, but to let you all know how much I truly love and admire you all. You have just, I mean, I, I've been here, Bro Joe, he's been here a while now and I came down to this church upon his invitation and I'm thankful to God that we have such a wonderful relationship that we can know we are, we are, we are children of the King. I love that song. Knowing that we are not worthy of anything good, yet he in his mercies extended his love towards us, calls us unto salvation, keeps us, and one day by his grace will glorify us. I look forward to his coming. Body's becoming frail, and I'm thankful to God that I can still preach the word. Sometimes my memory would fail me. I would be looking for a word, and I can't find the word, and some of you older ones would know what I'm talking about, you know? But God still uses me in spite of how I am, and I trust in the Lord's grace that your hearts would be blessed by the word, for I know in desperate times he is able. He is always able. I'm going to take my text from Luke chapter 8. I'll be doing a little lengthy reading. But one of the things I thought of is more important is that the word of God should be read more in churches, by believers, and sometimes the reading of the word that you might be exposed to would be only in church when you come here Sunday morning. For there are lots of Christians who don't even take up their Bibles. It's a sad state. Well, as I said, it's going to be somewhat lengthy. I'm going to read from verse 40, chapter 8 of Luke, verse 40. It says, And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet, and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman, having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately, her issue of blood staunched or dried up. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, 
the multitude throng thee and press thee and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Someone had, somebody had touched me. For I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James, and John, and the father, and the mother of the maiden. And all wept, and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not. She's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and said, Maid, arise. And a spirit came again, and she arose straightway. And he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by thy spirit, said the Lord of hosts. And Lord, the, the word has two purposes, Lord, one to convict and one to condemn, Lord. I pray, God, that you would bless your people here this morning. I pray, God, that you would anoint me to preach your word, O oh God, so that it will be a blessing to someone, Lord. I know, God, that I agonize over the scriptures, Lord. And I know, O oh God, that you had me do it for a purpose, Lord. And so I pray in Jesus' name your blessings upon each one, upon your word. And may you keep us close to thee. May you increase our faith, O oh Lord. And even though the hardships that we might be going through, Lord, help us to understand that you are always able. We bless your most holy name. And thank you for your mercies. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Looking at the scriptures here, I try to figure out what is going on. And reading through, I realized that Jesus had just came from the country of, well, that place that was called Gadara. He had just healed a man who was stricken with legions of demons. And then the Bible says he returned to Galilee. And the multitudes has gladly received him and continued following him, as was usual. There was always a throng around him. But amongst that crowd that was there, there was a man who, the Bible says, was a ruler of the synagogue. He came and he prostrated himself before Jesus. And he said unto him, My only daughter, the only child that I have, she is dying, and I need you to come to my house and help her. And while Jairus was saying these things, and they decided to go across to Jairus' house, this woman who was there with this issue of blood, she also came and prostrated herself around by Jesus and reached out for the hem of his garment in faith, trusting Jesus Christ that she was going to be healed. 
And the Bible says immediately she was healed. And Jesus inquired about her. And when he inquired about her, she, he was asked by Peter and others, Lord, there are so many people. Who, who, who is really going to touch you here? How would we know that? And Jesus said, yes, I knew that virtue had gone out. And the woman, seeing that she was found out, she said, Lord, it was I. And she spoke to the people. She said, this was the reason why I had to touch him. While that was going on, this man came from Jairus' house and said unto him, Don't bother the master any longer. Your daughter has died. And I can imagine Jairus being in so much pain. And Jesus saying to him, Don't worry about anything. She's not dead. She still is alive. And they went to the house. And at the house, there people started to laugh at Jesus when he said she was not dead. But the Bible says he went in by himself with a few others and the lady, the young girl was healed. Beloved, we find that there were two cases here and two cases of desperation. The woman with that issue of blood, Jairus with his problem with his daughter. When I, when I thought about this here, a song came to my mind. And I don't know how many of you know this song, but the chorus of the song is, He is able to deliver thee. He is able to deliver thee. Though I sin oppressed, go to him for rest. My God is able to deliver thee. And I thought of the problems that this woman was having here and the problems that Jairus was having and how in their moment of desperation, they saw that they could have only turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. And sadly, today we find that this is the case with many of us. Only when we find ourselves in problems do we turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. But beloved brethren, I, I would say to you this morning that we must not wait for those distressing times to come. But every single day, God, has, as we get to open our eyes, as we get to, to, to find things around us, talk to people around us, that should help us to understand that God has given to us another day where we should seek the Lord. We should talk with him. We should come to him. We should trust him. We should know that he is God, that God sent his son. We should know that God sent his son to die on the cross so that we could be saved. If you're not saved this morning and you are in this church, this is another day that God has led you here to see that Christ died to save sinners. But these people, beloved, they had a desperate need. Each one of them had a desperate need. And each one of those needs had to be met. Now, there are just a few thoughts I'm going to share with you all. <coughs> just a few thoughts. And the first thing I want to share with you is this. The time before they met with Jesus. We find that 12 years ago, before they met with Jesus... Two events that took place that contributed to the time of desperation in the lives of these two persons. If you look back at verse 41 and 42, it says that Jairus, he was a ruler of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and he besought Christ to come to him because he had one daughter who was only 12 years of age and she lay a dying. That little girl was born to Jairus and his wife like in any normal family. And like many of you, she probably was loved and being an only child, 
It is likely that she was showered by a lot of gifts and, you know, good things by her mother and father because they loved her. But, beloved, 12 years afterwards, that child being born, when she was now approaching to be a young woman, the Bible says that she fell sick with a sickness that was so terrible that everything seems to be hopeless. And that is what the father was faced with, a situation where his daughter lay a-dying. And because of that situation, when she fell sick, it led her father to an act of desperation. And as we look at the woman also, 12 years ago, she said for 12 years, the Bible says, for 12 years, she had spent all her living upon physicians and none of them had healed her. She had a major problem. She had been hemorrhaging and according to Jewish law, that made her unclean. That made her unclean. And it restricted her attendance to any religious event and it prevented her touching anyone or being touched by anyone. In the book of Leviticus chapter 15 verse 25 it says, And if a woman have an issue of blood many days out of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation she shall be unclean. And so, looking at this woman's case, for 12 years, she was having an unusual form of bleeding. Reading up a little bit about it, it is believed that her condition today might be termed abnormal uterine bleeding, or AUB. And they say this, this, uh, some, this problem is sometimes caused by thyroid problems, but more often by a hormonal imbalance. We do not know what the case was, but one thing we know, the Bible tells us, for 12 years, she was suffering tremendously. And I can imagine the stage of weakness she would be in, because sometimes we get a cut, we lose a little bit of blood, and we get dizzy and all these other things. Anyhow, after exhausting her every means by doctors, etc., she had no other option but to hope and trust in Jesus. So in desperation, she too looked to the Lord. Beloved, why do I consider these acts of desperation? The actions seem to have been one of them being the last resorts. There was no other option for them, it seemed like. When you look at Jairus' position, now Jairus, he was a ruler in the synagogue, and trusting in Jesus Christ was like an act of betrayal to their religion and to the fellow leaders within the religion in the third in the in the synagogue he was like the third officer in rank the first officer was a high priest the second was the chief of the priests but in provincial synagogues now the rulers was supreme no one was eligible to this office until he had a certificate from the great sanhedrin that he possessed the needed qualifications. His election, however, was by the members of the synagogue. It was his duty to supervise all matters con connected with worship. Now, going to Jesus Christ, we just heard a little bit about uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus went to Jesus Christ late in the night. This man going to Jesus Christ in the open 
prostrating himself before the Lord, seeking the help from the Lord, which is an acknowledgement that the Lord could have helped him, that there was something special about him, that could have cost him dearly. But in desperation, he saw Jesus as the only means of the deliverance of his daughter. The woman's case was also an act of desperation because this problem would have affected every aspect of her daily living. Spiritually, there was no kind of worship where she could come together with God's people and worship with them. There was nothing she could have done like that. Socially, there was no way she could, she could interact with people. I can imagine if she had relatives and so forth that they would all be shunning her. She had no friends because she would be shunned because of her bloody condition. She was physically exhausted, I'm certain also. And after exhausting every means that she had, by doctors, perhaps she had gone to astrologers, perhaps she had gone to... Listen, when people are in problems, they turn to look for help in every direction. I remember a preacher friend that I know. He had developed a huge cyst, cancerous cyst in his head, and they had operated on him. And later on, that cyst started to grow again, and he became very bitter against God. And I dare say if he had the opportunity, he would have gone. In Trinidad, we call them Obia men. Obia men, like, you know, they have the, the shaman and so forth. And um, I'm sure if he was able to, he would have done it because he was so bitter against God. At that time, I remember I was a missionary in St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. And I flew back to Trinidad just to see him. And when, when I spoke to him in the hospital, he was so discouraged and disappointed. He said, 25 years I've been preaching. 25 years I've been preaching. And look at how God, look what God has done to me. And, you know, it was it was heartbreaking. And you and I, we may condemn him, you know, but you never know when the, when, when uh, you start wearing a shoe like that, how, how the cone aches. And, um, of course, I don't agree with what he, what he did, you know. But sometimes when people are in dire situation, they turn to look for help in whatever direction they can go in. And perhaps this woman had done that. But now she saw that she had no other option but to now extend trust and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, for he seemed to have been her last resort for deliverance. So these two people had some, a major problem. One of them was personal. Her, her body was, was stricken by a disease, and Jairus, his daughter, was on the point of dying. So that was just before they met with Jesus. But then we see when they met with Jesus. Looking at Jairus first. When Jairus met with Jesus, he did not introduce himself with any pride. But in humility, now this man, he was a, the ruler of the synagogue. I am sure he was looked upon with respect by a lot of people. He could have gone and said, I am so and so. And I want for you to so and so do this for me. But instead, the Bible says, that not introducing himself with any pride, but in humility, regardless of what others may think about him, he fell at the feet of Jesus, pleading for his daughter's life. In humility, he humbled himself. I think it's James chapter 4 and verse 10 that says, 
Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift thee up. And so we find Jairus meeting with Jesus, pleading with the Lord, I need help. My daughter is dying, and I have no one else to turn to but you. And so we find that Jesus said, okay, I'll go with you. And Jesus accepted his request for help and was on his way. When out of the crowd, the woman appeared, following the steps of the Lord. In all that crowd, she with all her physical infirmity, she followed in the steps of the Lord. She reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible says she was healed instantly. All her thoughts have gone towards the Lord Jesus. She had forgotten herself. She had forgotten the rampant fury of her disease. She had forgotten her being behind and out of sight. And even her own touch of him, she had put in a secondary place. I can imagine her saying, if I may but touch the hem of his garment. That is faith in action. That is faith. But what we find is that good things happened to them when they met with Jesus. And I would say to you, the same can happen to you too. When you meet with the Lord Jesus Christ, good things happen. And then thirdly, after they met with Jesus. Though Jairus was first in the account here, we see the woman received her blessing before Jairus did his for she was healed. A lesson I learned from this is that God does not necessarily bless us in order as requested, but according to his will. Sometimes God may have you waited on something. It is not the time where it will be most beneficial for you. And I've seen that time and time again. We have numerous examples in the Bible but I know in my own life, sometimes I keep praying and praying and praying and praying and begging God for something. And God just don't seem, sometimes I ask myself, why, why do I continue praying like this? Why do I continue? And I, I keep asking myself, why do I, why do I keep praying this, the same prayer all the time, looking for this? And sometimes in God's own time, he would provide it. Beloved brethren, there are times God wouldn't bless us as we think we should be blessed. But just like Jairus, he, he, his request was first to the Lord, but the woman came afterwards and she was healed immediately. At personal risk, she followed the Lord because she knew her need and she also had confidence that Jesus could have healed her. When Jesus healed her and he looked at the crowd, he said in all of the crowd, Jesus knew what had happened and he sought her out, asking, who touched me? Peter saying, Lord, there are so many people here. You're asking a question like that. One of the most beautiful things that happened to her was that when she came forward and she said, it was me, and that it was because of this disease I had, and she shared that testimony there to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said something, he said, daughter, Thy faith had made thee whole. Immediately, he acknowledged her as a daughter. There are three accounts of this healing of this woman in the Bible. You'd find it in Matthew, in 
in Mark and Luke. But in all of these accounts, Jesus called her daughter. Immediately, you know, I think of uh, Zacchaeus, was it, when Zacchaeus went, and Zacchaeus, was he, uh, he, was, he was saved that day. Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. And so too, he said that he is a son of Abraham now. And so too, we find this woman here immediately before she was a stranger, but now she was a daughter. She was now within the family of God. Not only did she receive healing, but we find that she received a commendation and blessings of comfort and peace. For he said in, in, in verse 48, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace. She knew her need. She acted upon her knowledge of her need. And he provided for her need. So beloved brethren, you may have a need like this. You know what your need is? Act upon it. Take it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Commit whatever the problem is unto the Lord. You know, sometimes we hear people say, turn it over to the Lord, turn it over to the Lord. Truly, when the songwriter says that burdens are lifted at Calvary, that is true. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. And I, 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 at this moment, I have burdens myself. I am aching, numb. But... I put myself before the Lord and I trust the Lord that God is going to do things for me when he's ready. So we find that this woman, she put her burdens to the Lord. She laid her all out before God in faith, going, touching the garment of the Lord Jesus Christ. And immediately she received healing from Christ. Jairus' case was somewhat discouraging for he received bad news about his daughter. The Bible says here in verse 49, while he has spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. Can you imagine that situation there now? He, knowing that he had pleaded with Christ to come and heal his daughter, instead seeing a woman reaching out, touching Christ and being healed, can you imagine how he must have felt when he got the news that his daughter was dead? I don't know how many of you have experienced the death of your child. But I have. As a matter of fact, that is how God called me to be a Christian. I remember in 1979, the Lord called me unto salvation. But two years before that, we had a little daughter. She was a month old. And that child contracted pneumonia. And she died. That morning, my wife woke up to cook prepare food for me, lunch, so, so I can go out to work. And she went and started cooking in the kitchen there and came back to check on the child and she touched the child and the child was cold as ice. And my heart broke. I had never, ever experienced hurt like that in my entire life before. And that is why I was unsaved. That is when I was a real roughneck. I was, I was a, I'm not boasting, but I was a terrible person. But when that child died, my heart broke. I used to be drums in a band. I quit the band. 
I stopped meeting with my friends and all these sort of things. And this preacher who had I got to bury the child, he came, he came to me and he said, I want to invite you to church. And because of the death of that child, that is how I met that preacher. And that is how I ended up in church. And in church, within a few months, the Lord called me to preach. That was in 1979. But I've experienced the death of a child. And let me tell you something. There is no such hurt like, I don't know, I've never been hurt in more, any way more than that. So I, I can experience, I can understand to some extent what Jairus had been going through there, the discouragement that came his way. When he heard that his daughter had died, don't trouble the master, thy daughter is dead already. Trouble not the master. But then hope came to him when Jesus said, he said, all is not lost. All is not lost. Fear not. Only believe and she shall be made whole. The Bible says they went to the house. And when they went to the house, Jairus in all his discouragement, Christ took him inside together with Peter and a few others. The Bible says that when Jesus was telling these people that she's not dead, she's only sleeping, they laughed at him. And I've seen that happen many, many times. People laughing at the Lord Jesus Christ when you're talking. But the point I want to make here is this, that in all that hopeless moment, when all, everything seemed to have become gone to the, the dogs now, nothing, nothing was available to this man because the child had died already now. His heart was broken now. Jesus said, listen, she's not dead. I don't know how he would have taken that. I don't know how I would have taken that. But he said, she's not dead. She's alive. And Jesus called her. In other portion of the scriptures, there are different versions um, version of this situation. You would hear Jesus saying, Talita, come, come, come here. Get up. And the Bible says the young lady, she rose up there. Got new life. We can see that even death itself was powerless before the Lord. He brought her back to life. So the both of them were blessed by the Lord, but notice that they were both blessed when they were very, very desperate. They went to Christ in their desperation. Let us not wait until things get so bad that we go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, if you are a believer in Christ, there is nothing that could go wrong in your life that God doesn't intend for it to happen. And there always is a good purpose. And sometimes we tend to think something is going wrong. Listen, something may appear to be wrong to you. It is not wrong. God is working that out for your benefit. Go back to Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything works together for good to them that love the Lord, to those who are called. God people whom he has called according to his purpose. So let us not wait for things to become difficult, most difficult in our lives. Trust the Lord. You see, the earlier you trust Christ as your Savior, the more hope you're going to live with the more trust you're going to 
you're going to extend in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you're supposed as a Christian to grow and to grow and to grow. Beloved brethren, I have been in a lot of desperate times already. And sometimes I think of myself even today, I am, I am physically very, very tired. I have been through a lot of, a lot of things and still going through some. And <laughs> whatever I'm going through by God's grace, I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord in all the trials, the difficult times, the physical ailments. I trust the Lord. And right now I am just waiting, waiting for the clouds to to part out there, or waiting for someone to say, well, okay, he just departed. But I'm just waiting and I I'm, I'm I need to be I need to be delivered. And he is able to deliver me, I know that. The reason why I'm saying these things is that God is always available to us, always available to us. These two people, had, they, saw, they had a need, they acted upon their need, and their needs were filled. Trust Christ. Their hope in the Lord did not go unrewarded. Their trust in Christ did not go unrewarded. And there's no time in your life you would be go unrewarded if Jesus is your Savior. He always has something good for you, just as he has for me. And I'm thankful to God that I know him as my Savior. I am thankful to God that not only do I know him, but I'm thankful to God that he keeps me and he has given me the assurance that come what may, things are going to be better. And I look forward to that time when better days are coming. So Lord, Lord's willing, by God's grace, I want to say to you all to this morning, do not give up hope. No matter how tough things might become, no matter how difficult things might become in your life, sometimes you may have a marital problem, sometimes you may have a physical ailment, sometimes you may have, you may have spiritual problems within the church. Do not ever give up. Do not, do not ever say, well, I've had enough. Always trust the Lord. One day, by His grace, everything will change. Everything will change. And I look forward to that day, 72 years old, by God's grace. Now, that may not be old to you all here, but in the Caribbean, that is a very old age. And I have, I have, I have really outstripped my my um, three score and ten. And um, I hope that God, let me tell you, sometimes sometimes I forget things now. It's getting like that, brother. Forget things. I'm looking for a word. I can't find it. It's alive in front of my mind, but I just can't say it out. How many of you, how many of you older ones bite your lips and your tongue sometimes? Yesterday, biting into a carrot, I just it just slipped. My tongue slipped, and and that that is how it is. You're always that is a part of growing old. So bear in mind, some good things are going to come. 
But um, I want for you all to know that no matter how difficult life is or may appear to be, God is going to take care of things. He is able. He is able. All right? Remember these two people. I know it's not that um, I did want to come down here this morning. I wanted to call you and say that, listen, the weather is bad. I'm not coming. But I wanted to come. So by God's grace, I'm here. But I enjoy the fellowship. Not as young as I used to be, but praise the Lord anyhow. Let us remember, though, that Jesus is able to take care of things. And I live with that hope in my heart that he's able to take care of things. And one day, by God's grace, I, I will see him face to face. Brother Joe was talking a while ago. And you know what I thought? Jesus will outshine them all. We go to heaven. We want to look at the, the streets of gold. We want to look at all the beautiful tree out there that were the healing. for. We want to look at our loved ones who have gone on. But Jesus will outshine them all. You know, I live for that. God bless you, brother.